the best interviews, the best commentary. This is the best of the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. My guest tonight, Executive Director with Thumbs Up here in Elk River, Katie Shetusky. Katie, great to have you on the program. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we had you on our local morning show back in May, and we sort of comboed that with having you on, and then our pal Joe Schmidt joined us on the Trevor J. Brown show as well. But for new listeners and people who may have missed that, what is the whole purpose of Thumbs Up? Why did you start this organization? Yeah, Thumbs Up, our mission statement is bringing awareness to mental health and providing support and resources to all. So we got started back in 2014. Um, I myself have struggled with my own mental health, and I lost several friends and family members, including my grandfather in 2010. So a group of us started um, Thumbs Up for mental health and just wanted to provide a space really for people to come to remember, honor their loved ones, and also hoping to prevent suicide. So really trying to support people through, you know, anything that they're going through. Um, So our first annual race was October of 2014, and much to our surprise, we had over 500 people show up to our first race. So we kind of unintentionally became um, a nonprofit. We weren't really trying trying to do that, just kind of ended up that way. (laughs) When you lost your grandfather, how old were you then? So I was, gosh... I have to like go back a bit. I was about 29, 28, okay. 29. Yep, and I had actually just gotten remarried um, that September. So my grandpa was at my, my wedding. And yeah, it was definitely a very challenging time for our family. Really, how, old, how old was he? My grandpa was 72. So okay. he would have turned 84 this year um, in August. Obviously, it's tough to lose anybody Mm -hmm. but thinking back on that also just the range of emotions talk a little bit about that considering he was 72 you normally obviously suicide such a huge thing in this country and anytime we lose anybody but you don't really necessarily hear about mental health and the impact it has on our seniors right yeah I mean I knew um I knew my grandfather struggled and I think you know obviously like as growing up I didn't know that but as I got older my you know my mom shared with me that he struggled so I I knew that and you know I think it's hard because the older generation they get forgotten about a lot of times and I know my grandfather while he struggled uh, from the outside looking in you would have never known that he you know he was super happy-go-lucky always had a smile on his face when we'd show up to his house, he had 19 grandchildren. So, you know, and he loved each and every one of us so much. It was, I mean, thinking back to like my childhood, I mean, those are some of my fondest memories going to his house and running down the stairs because he'd point us downstairs to go get our push pop ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. So I have so many great memories, but yeah, losing him that way, um, you know, obviously people lose their grandparents all the time too, just age and whatever. But yeah, it's, it's definitely for me anyways, um, in my own personal struggles, it definitely, like, it just take kind of just took your breath away, I guess, if, yeah. if there's a way to describe it. And then, you know, even from the day that he died, it's like I knew that I wanted to do something to help other people, but just, you know, what was it? And it was actually the gift of 
um, Joe Schmidt's book, Silent Impact, that really inspired um, me to start the, the Thumbs Up event. I uh, read the book, and it was fantastic. There's a part in the book where Joe talks about like a second thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm probably misphrasing it. Yeah, but no, that's the, exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to... Uh, well, you heard about this, but when we had Joe on the Trevor J. Brown show previously, uh, we recorded the whole interview, and then my computer like froze, yes. so it caught none of it. Oh and I'm like thinking there, like, okay, now I have to reach out to this guy who I I know is super busy. He's being yeah. pulled in a million different directions, and I was like, Joe, I appreciate your time, but I got none of the interview. I got like thirty seconds of oh, it. Oh no! And he emailed me back and he's like trevor i work in the industry we deal with technology i understand it and he was more than accommodating and we recorded the whole interview so we did a take two and after it aired i emailed him and i was like i just wanted to give you another thank you like a second thank you to come back um because you don't always get that type of interaction with with people so but there are so many cool stories in that book and everything from from stories about you know Bart Starr and and the Joe Mauer one you yeah. know we've talked about off air before and yeah. and just trying to be a good person yeah we need more of that in this world absolutely and I I think that's really what that book really speaks to is just being kind and doing good for other people because it's the right thing to do and that Joe Mauer story I think that was that that it's the first chapter in his book and it's I think that was really a pivotal story for me to hear. Like, you can you can change somebody's life, like, just by being good to other people and, like, doing the right thing. And so for those that haven't read the book, there's a story in there about Joe Maurer, and he went to Creighton-Durham Hall in St. Paul, and there was a blind boy in his class, his fourth-hour class. His name was Mike Holly, and he decided to um, walk him to the lunchroom and invite him to sit at his table one day. And the effect that it had on Mike, um, and even the other people at the table, just, it was so cool to just hear, like, one random act of kindness, how that can change somebody's, like, the whole trajectory of, you know, Mike Holly's life. And that second thank you of him coming back to Joe Mauer and being able to say, like, you changed my life and what you did for me that day, um, you know, propelled me into, you know, my career and social services. And he's, he's blind, but he's an active member of society and he's doing good for other people through his work now and so it's just I think that story really just stuck out to me it's like we can all do better and be better for people one person at a time like yes it's crazy and awesome to like post on social media like hey you know this is what's going on this is what I'm passionate about but it really starts with one person and that human connection one person at a time not to get religious with it or anything but i i sort of feel that way about church a lot of people go to church on sundays but are you putting in the work during the week rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty and trying to to make an impact the other story well before i talk about the bart Bart star story the joe maurer thing's cool because he was the big man on campus the guy was a stud in baseball obviously stud in basketball stud in football he could have go he could have went to go play quarterback at Mm -hmm. florida state or wherever he was recruited you know and and i don't know maybe it's wrong of us to think like well normally athletes and celebrities act a certain way but nah, maybe they're just normal people like us and maybe most people would do that i don't know i mean i try to look at things from more of a positive light that 
hopefully there are more people like a Joe Maurer in the world than people that would ignore people like that. But the Bart Starr uh, story was cool, too, with uh, they come back from... uh, from some road game, it's uh, blizzard in Green Bay, and you know he ends up. Long story short, cha- helping some some family change a tire on the side of the road, and it's again, it's those, those little small things that I think really add up um, to to making a, a silent impact, right. if you will. And like just stepping up for people. And I, Joe Schmidt, I've heard him speak, you know, uh, several times now, and he's an amazing public speaker. But one of the things he does in his speech is he has everybody pull out their phones and he's like, you know, text one person or a few different people and like, just let them know like, hey, I'm thinking about you today and I'm listening to this public speech, you know, I'm listening to Joe Schmidt talk and, um, you know, let them know like what they mean to you. And then he, at the very end, he goes back and he asks people like to hear, like, what did the person say in response? And like a lot of the people were like are you okay? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you doing okay? You know, and like just that reaching out though, I think making little, you know, doing little random acts of kindness for people, whether it's giving somebody like, hey, like you have a really nice smile or, you know, using somebody's first name when you're at the drive-thru at Caribou, like just going above and to make somebody else feel like seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And like, there's several times where Melissa and I, my coworker, will just leave bracelets somewhere and, you know, a worry stone here. And it's like, it's all those little things that add up to the big things for people. Executive Director of Thumbs Up, Katie Shetusky, my guest here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Why do you feel there is that stigma around mental health? I, I, this is the big elephant question yeah. in the room, but people tend to not be vulnerable and they don't want to share their feelings but when they do at least when i do i feel better i think for such a long time our society has seen suicide as something um you know that is to be shamed you know and not talking about it and sweeping it under the rug and you know growing up as i'm sure i mean i i'm not a guy so i don't know what it's like to grow up but it's that mentality of you know men can't cry boys can't cry shoving our emotions down, not talking about it because it's not proper. Did you deal with that as a woman? I mean, honestly, like, I, I think I think it's just hard being an emotional person. I think sometimes people get uncomfortable with that, and so they don't know what to do. So it's like instead of, like, hey, maybe I just need, like, a hug, I just need somebody to validate me mm-hmm. and validate, like, it's okay to be, it's okay to feel the feelings you're feeling. And I think for such a long time we were told, like, we can't show our emotions. But I think that we're starting to change that mentality. I mean, the schools are doing, you know, social emotional work, which I think is so important. And just allowing that safe space. So even here at Thumbs Up, like the kids that come here or we have people that walk in the door and it's like, don't apologize for crying. Like, don't apologize for feeling sad. It's okay to feel that way. But we also don't want to live in that space forever. So Mm -hmm. what can we do to keep moving forward? And it seems kind of cliche, but that's our tagline. And it's like... All of this stuff is hard and life is hard and, um, you know, people sadly die by suicide every day to many people. So how can we take how can we take that dark topic and try to turn it something light and bright and positive? And that's, again, where the thumbs up come, came from. My grandpa, you know, we'd drive up to his house and he'd be outside with his thumb up. And when we leave, he had his thumb up. And it's like, let's just start talking about it, just starting the conversation and opening up with somebody that maybe 
struggles and you have no idea. Like I had a girlfriend in high school that we were super, super close and it wasn't until I started Thumbs Up that she was like, oh my God, I didn't even know you struggled. Like I struggled too. And then you all of a sudden find this commonality with somebody, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think again, it's just, it's talking about it and letting, you know, even at a younger age, like letting kids know it's okay to feel that way. And like, how do we move through those emotions and get to the other side? Mm-hmm. With your grandfather or other people that you may have known that committed suicide or have dealt with mental health issues, do you ever go back in your mind and play like, well, what if I would have done this? Or what if I would have done that? And is that healthy or I mean, not? I think that's pretty normal part of the grieving process, losing somebody that way. Because there's always going to be things like, oh my gosh, well, what if I would have done this? Or what if I would have said that? Or what if I would have known? And obviously for my grandfather, like we, there were definitely signs um, looking back. But again, sometimes it's so subtle and sometimes because it is such a hard thing to talk about for people there are no signs they don't necessarily i know several people that have lost um, loved ones that they had no idea they were struggling until they were gone and then looking back at you know conversations that were had or looking back at you know maybe they left a note or maybe they wrote stuff in their journal that had never been read before so i don't know i think and not to be ageist but I feel like our generations are a little bit more apt to discussing how we feel yeah. compared to mm-hmm. maybe boomers yeah. and and the older generations where maybe there were signs, but would he have talked about it openly? Right. You know, well, we, we don't like, know. I think about my grandpa's situation, and I don't know if I shared this in our other interview, but my grandpa lost one of his brothers to suicide. They were a farming family, and that person his brother was never talked about it was never acknowledged that it was a suicide and i think it's almost like people just try to erase that memory like that didn't ever happen Mm -hmm. well it's like well what is that saying then for somebody else who's struggling in the family you know what i mean like and i've even had um you know since thumbs up has started i've i mean obviously i have people reaching out to me all the time but some of my cousins have reached out to me like they're struggling too so it's like how do you end that in a family you know what i mean and not make it something that's shameful so that that person can feel okay to go get help yeah um and then on the other on that side of the family there's also uh one of our second cousins died by suicide so again i think it's just it's accepting that depression is real (laughs) anxiety is real and how do we get the help that we need and not make it feel so shameful to talk about Executive Director of Thumbs Up, Katie Shetusky, my guest. The big 5K and 10K is tomorrow. We'll talk more about that in a second. When you started Thumbs Up, how scary of a process was that for you? Because I know you're you're a 501c3. I started my business. I'm not a 501c3, but just starting my business last year, mm. I wanted to make sure everything was buttoned up and ready to go, and that was intimidating. Mm. Did you envision it? being what it is today I mean it was scary but at the same time I think I went into it with like a lot of I was very naive going into it I had uh, quite a great background um, at a place that I worked here in Elk River um, for ERX Motor Park so I had done quite a bit of sponsorship sales for them and for a professional snowcross team Carlson Motorsports and so that side of things for me was not that wasn't scary so like the fundraising side of it wasn't scary I also did quite a bit of event planning for that. So while I had never, like, actually planned a 5K, it's taking those same things that I already knew and kind of just working it out. But 
it really was supposed to be kind of a one-time event. So I think going into it, it's like you just kind of wing it, and I think that's okay sometimes. Winging a prayer, right? Winging a prayer, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, growing up in this community, we, we knew quite a few community members, but I thought, you know, maybe 100 people would show up and we would have, you know, an awesome walk. And as the event got closer, every week leading up to it, we'd have 100 registrations. So by race day, we were at four-something, and then 100 people registered day of. So we ended up, like, running out of race bibs. That was, like, I guess, like, the one flaw of the day is we ran out of race bibs. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think it was a first-time event, and so, you know, you just kind of you go for it and see what happens. <laughs> so this is the 10th edition of the event. Mm-hmm. When you look out tomorrow... Joe Schmidt will be there. You'll have all of these walkers and runners and all of these different cool things going on, and you mm-hmm. see all these people. Do you just take a moment to, like, step back and be like, this is cool, like we're having mm-hmm. some impact. Like, not to toot your own horn or anything, but mm-hmm. having at least a little minute to yourself to be like, we're doing something <laughs> here. Yeah, it kind of makes me emotional thinking about it because I think every time I've stepped on stage for our opening ceremony – it's honestly like it's just it literally takes your breath away like even at the first event going back like it was a freezing cold day it was in we used to have our event in October and I remember like my nerves were just going crazy because I had never spoken in front of 500 people like the most I think I talked in front of was like my class in high school like 25 people (laughs) so I was shaking and I, I mean I'm kind of getting more used to it but yeah when you that event every year just kind of instills like why we're doing what we're doing and the amount of people that show up, the businesses, the sponsors, like every single person that walks, runs, bikes, wheelchair, like however they get across the finish line. I don't know. I just always leave that day feeling super grateful in my heart that people want to acknowledge it. People want to talk about it. People want that space to come. So yeah, it's, I don't know, excuse me, I don't really know how to even describe what it feels like, but it's pretty amazing. When people come out tomorrow, what can they expect? They can expect a place, a safe place to grieve. We have a grief support area, um, but it is family friendly. Like we want everyone to come. We, you know, we don't, we don't relish in the sadness. Yes, it's a sadness a place of healing but it's also a place of like we're going to keep going and we're going to keep talking about mental health and we're going to keep doing something about mental health and so it's very very family friendly we have a kids obstacle course with all the fun obstacles we've got we have a carnival theme this year so we've got like the crazy hair and the face painting and the bouncy houses and all that fun stuff but then there's like a lot of fun like carnival type games clowns no clowns (laughs) There's 100% no clowns. <laughs> I've had a few people ask me that. I'm like, no, no clowns. Um, won't be that kind of a carnival. But um, no, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to even put into words what it's like, but I just, it's a space of healing, um, especially for families that have lost somebody. Last year we had 77 teams. I think we're somewhere around like 60 teams. Um, and so it's it's just a great space to kind of, come and be and um also like the community side of it so we also hand out memory beads so and they signify like who you lost so whether it was a spouse or a sibling or a grandchild or a grandparent 
Um, and then those memory beads, you can kind of identify with other people, like, oh, they've lost the same, mm-hmm. you know, they've also lost their son or daughter or whatever. Um, so it's a great place of connection. Can people come out tomorrow, day of the race, and mm-hmm. register? Yep, yep. We, we will register you all the way up until, like, 9.45. <laughs> Our race starts at 10, so we have run, walk, bike. So we let the bikers out first at 10 o'clock, um, 10 oh five we have the runners and then ten ten the walkers go out so yep you can come register day of and you're back at lake orono this mm-hmm. year yeah we're at, i keep saying we're back at our home base we've been displaced at woodlands which is a beautiful venue in elk river um, but lake orono is going under a huge renovation park renovation and so we're excited to be back not only because there's um wonderful restroom facilities <laughs> that's important but, yeah yes. it's very important but the trail system looks amazing the beach looks great the playground area for the kids there's a skate park it's beautiful before i let you go let's talk a little bit about just touch on some of these programs i don't have them all written down but you guys do a ton of different things here tell our listeners a little bit about cheer bags Yeah, the cheer bag program is kind of a little random act of kindness. I like to think of it as kind of a mental health toolkit. There's some definite like resources in the bag, but then there's also just some really fun stuff. So we, um, you can nominate someone on our website for a cheer bag. Just go on our website and click on what we do, drop down menu. um, You fill out a little form with name and kind of just give us a little synopsis of what's going on. We can either deliver the cheer bag or we can mail it out to them. We also partner with the ISD 728 and some of the other school districts to get those bags into counseling offices. So we have several different variations of bag, everything from kids 12 and under, teen, adult, and we also have a men's cheer bag. So it's kind of a fun, um, you can see kind of pictures on our website if you want to see what's inside of each of the bags. Is that similar to the Smiles for Seniors program or is the Smiles for Senior program a little different? Well, it kind of is, it's similar because when we, we started the Smiles for Senior program during the pandemic. So we had donated, I think, 80-some um, cheer like senior cheer bags to Elk River Senior Living. Okay. And then kind of from that, we've also partnered with Guardian Angels to support their art therapy program. And we've hosted a couple events here at Thumbs Up, like Coffee and Conversation, Playing Cards, and Bingo for Seniors. Bingo? Yeah. That sounds like Everybody fun. Everybody loves bingo. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the program where Willow comes in? So, Willow, by the way, for our listeners, Willow is a dog. Yes, <laughs> Willow the therapy dog is from a great organization based in Monticello called You're Not Alone. Okay. So Amy Waltz is the founder of that organization, and so Willow comes into our after-school program usually twice a month, and now she's got a great team underneath of her. I think she has like eighteen therapy dog teams underneath of her, and that organization is trying to get therapy dogs into every middle school across the state of Minnesota. So they were just featured on WCCO, and um, I think that she's she's doing amazing things. So she comes in with with Willow, and they have the kids absolutely love when they come in just to get some, you know, puppy, you know, they can pet the dog, and the dog just she's at home here. <laughs> we we need to uh, organize. I like you know I want to meet Willow, but we should do that with a cat too. Oh like my you gosh. Need an office cat. So okay, don't even say that because <laughs> the kids here want a cat so bad. Last year in our summer program, random I don't even know how we found this this person, but they had just had a litter of kittens. And I was like, Would you ever bring the kittens in here for the kids? So she's like, Yeah, absolutely. She brings them in and I thought it was an amazing idea. 
And it was, because the kids absolutely loved it, but they each got attached to a kitten. <laughs> and so by the time the kittens had to leave, it was like, oh no, there were literal tears. Oh. And I think several of the kids were trying to talk their parents into adopting a kitten. Yeah. So it, it was awesome, but it also backfired. And so that was kind of the thing. They're like, can we adopt a cat for here? And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> thumbs up cat. Yeah, I don't know. It's like opening a whole other box of worms. Because I'm like, there's too many kids who are allergic. So yeah. I'm like, ah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the animal therapy piece of it is amazing though. How can somebody get involved with thumbs up? So yeah, there's a million different ways, honestly. Like we obviously are always looking for donations to continue the nine programs we have. We have volunteer opportunities in our after-school program and also for our race. So, yeah, I mean, even last minute, if you're like, hey, I would love to support this mission somehow and you want to come out tomorrow at the race, we would absolutely love it. It takes about 200 volunteers to pull off the event, so it's quite a big undertaking. You'll also get a free T-shirt that says on the backside, I'm a totally awesome volunteer (laughs) with a big giant smiley face on it. Um, Rope marshals actually get a cool, um, like, what do you call it? Like high-vis hat, which is kind of cute. Yeah, I know. Um, and then, you know, we're just always looking for help, you know, putting together furniture and um, just spreading the word about who we are and what we're doing, too. Well, best of luck tomorrow. It Thank should be uh, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I hope a lot of people come out. And, uh, well, obviously, we obviously appreciate the partnership here with the Inherent Dream Podcast Network and anything that we can do for you to get the word out more about thumbs up i think it's is great because your mission is is very important so best of luck tomorrow with everything and and thanks uh, for for joining us appreciate that very much and for those of you that also are not interested in running or walking and don't want to even take part in that but you want to come out and be part of the event um joe is our speaker this year joe schmidt and so at nine o'clock we're doing our opening ceremonies you'll get to hear him talk and we also have food trucks too so I mean, you can just come for the food food trucks if you want. (laughs) That sounds delightful. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you. Katie Shetusky here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Now time for Trevor's parting gift. The CDC recently released data pertaining to suicide rates in 2022. Approximately 49,500 people died by suicide last year. For the second consecutive year, the number eclipsed the previous record. So why are these numbers increasing? Is it because of the isolation we experienced from COVID lockdowns? Is it because of social media or other anxieties? There are multiple reasons. However, Americans have never felt this alone, isolated, and afraid. Social media algorithms have to play a part. According to OutKick, TikTok builds custom feeds to exploit each user's emotions. The platform learns a user's weaknesses in under two hours through, but not limited to, the use of hashtags. We've all gotten used to targeted ads on social media, too. Search somewhere online to purchase a new guitar or a new pair of underwear, and somehow the magic of the internet starts showing you ads for guitars and underwear. Like looking at pretty women or ripped men, your computer and that algorithm can show you more of that, too to feed into any addiction you may need to feed. Have you ever noticed all the ads on television for Big Pharma? It seems like every other ad is for some new medication that can treat this pain, but it may cause a laundry list of other problems for you down the road. Said viewer sees the ad, goes to the doctor, doesn't know what is wrong, but mentions that they saw this ad on TV for this medication and says to the doctor, say, 
I think I may have this or that, and maybe that medication could help. Doc agrees and prescribes this medication. Big Pharma doesn't care about your condition or if you continue to use said medication because they have 20,000 other pills they can pump out to market, and they are all coming soon. This is about sales. This is all about fear. We are a nation where some people get off on spreading fear. These people want you to be addicted. They want you to be afraid of your neighbors. They want you to be afraid to leave your house. Now, I will say this. Life is hard, and I can attest to this. I deal with my own mental health issues daily. I tend to think I put a lot into my relationships, friendships, and business dealings. I am not perfect at these things by any means. But when I don't get the same effort from others, that is when I get low and that's when I get depressed. We are people that are always within six inches of our phones, yet some people cannot even respond to a simple text. My generation invented the term ghosting for crying out loud. How pathetic is that? I have broken bread with people, considered them good friends, and then you legit never hear from these people ever again. Not even to get a text or call or email saying, hey, got a new number, wanted to let you know. Or, hey, moving to Russia, you'll probably never see me again. Or at this point, I would even take a text or call saying, just never really liked you, don't reach out to me again. At least then I would know and it would put my mind at ease. But then I generally bounce back. I think these people and so-called friends were just never friends to begin with. So I tell myself to not get hung up on people who act that way. Don't let those type of people dictate your emotions or in business. Just because Joe Schmo runs his company that way and doesn't communicate worth a damn, take that as a lesson. Don't run your company that way. You continue to be you, continue to be a good person, continue to communicate. But if only life and the human mind were that simple, for me as I go up, then there is something that brings me crashing down. And then when I'm down, there's always some sliver of hope that breaks through the heap of anxiety and depression. There's no single answer for fighting anxiety and depression. For me, I usually find hope in music. I will put on some of my favorite music and listen for hours. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't have the answers for battling depression and anxiety. I can only tell you what I deal with. And if there is perhaps one thing we can all do for each other, just be a good person to others. Listen to them. A smile goes a long way. A compliment goes a long way. A text response goes a long way. Everyone in life is going through something. Compassion goes a long way. If you or someone you know is having mental health issues or thoughts of suicide, please contact the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988, or you can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. You can also visit thumbsupformentalhealth.org. The best interviews, the best commentary. This is the best of the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. 
home to 763, The Local Morning Show, and The Trevor J. Brown Show. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like at facebook.com slash inherentdream, and follow us on X at inherentdream. Dream.